Hello, gamers! It's Eric for a different kind of episode in your Games and Feelings feed. Today is Pokemon Scarlet and Violet release day, so I wanted to run something Pokemon-themed and introduce a lot of you to something that had the seeds of Games and Feelings in it. And I'm very proud of it, but it was kind of like a little, a little project that I did on the side. That is the show. What's your favorite Pokemon? And then I say something nice about you, or Whiff of Patasane for short. This was an interview show that I ran for a few months in 2020. I called it like my Victory Garden project. I don't know if you remember this, but because like all the food was going towards soldiers in World War II, uh, people would grow Victory Gardens so they would have their own produce. And at the time in 2020, it truly felt like something uh, on the scale of World War II, like a big, a big world event. So I'm like, I don't know what I can do. Maybe I'll make a podcast to make people feel better in these times. So it felt like my little victory garden. Uh, we're looking to do new things with games and feelings in 2023. So I wanted to show this to you if this is something you might like me to bring back. If you like this episode, please let me know. We're trying to something a little bit new. But before we get to Whiff of Patasane, I wanted to share some great Games and Feelings news. Games and Feelings is coming to PAX Unplugged. If you're going to be in Philly December 2nd to the 4th, please come through. Multitude is going to be having a little booth, and I'm going to be there, and Amanda's going to be there, Misha's going to be there, Rue's going to be there. But best of all, there's going to be a Games and Feelings live show, all with questions about tabletop games, on Saturday, December 3rd at 7 p.m. in the Crab God Room. Shout out to past guests Jeremy Cobb of Three Black Halflings and Amanda Silberling, a.k.a. Ralts of TechCrunch. Uh, past guests, we're so excited to have them back to do this in person. I really, really want to see all of you. I really want you all to come through. I'm representing on behalf of Games and Feelings and join the party all tabletop all the time. It's going to be wonderful. If you're in the Philly area, come to PAX Unplugged. If you're going to be at PAX Unplugged, come see me. Come see Games and Feelings live. Okay. So now here are two episodes of Whiff of Patasane back to back. These were short, uh, short episodes. First with editor Misha Stanton loving on Bulbasaur. And then the next episode, voice actor extraordinaire Josh Rubino showing his love for Krogunk. Hello, trainers. It's Pokey time. This is What's Your Favorite Pokemon? And then I say something nice about you. Hashtag W-Y-F-P-A-T-I-S-S-N-A-Y. A podcast where we all get to think about Pokemon for a little while, and then we don't think about anything else. I'm Eric Silver, and I like my candies well done. Get it? That's the joke. Because it's the opposite of rare. I get it. <laughs> oh, no. You you just jumped in. And we're here with Misha Stanton, who really wanted to talk to me about Pokemon. Hi, Misha. Hi. <laughs> sorry, sorry. was I not supposed to jump in while you were doing the, the intro thing? No, this is very stupid, and you can do whatever you want. Cool. <laughs> no, this is a very dumb thing that we're all just doing together. Like I said, it's a relief podcast for the people listening and the people making it. Yep. Oh, Misha, how you doing, bud? Um, you know, I'm getting there. I've been I've been in my house a lot, been playing a lot of video games. What are you playing? Uh right now I'm playing Hollow Knight, which is not a game I'm good enough at video games to play. Oh good. I bought Hollow Knight because I'm like, oh, this really popular game is really cheap. Wild. And then I played it for like 20 minutes and I'm like, I'm not good at this game. <laughs> no, I'm so bad at it. Um, but I don't like I can't quit and leave i just have to sit on my couch so i'm 
slowly, slowly getting better at it. I hear that's how you get better at things, is you do it for longer periods of time. If you just play, if you play Hollow Knight for 10,000 hours with constant feedback, then you, how much money (laughs) have you given to Nintendo, really? Obviously, you know, if you just play Hollow Knight for 10,000 hours, you can make anything buy your shit. They'll just do it. Yep. That's (laughs) That's it. If you can play Hollow Knight for 10,000 hours, that's it. You've done it. You're an entrepreneur. (laughs) (laughs) You get to go on Bill Simmons and just say whatever wild shit comes in your head. (laughs) Now I'm just imagining the guy from Mad Money, like getting super angry at Hollow Knight and dying in the same place over and over again and just not being able to beat it. That'd be great. I'd watch that. This is... (laughs) Jim Cravers, total buy this. I'm just buy Hollow Knight because I can't do it. You can do it. Does that guy have a Twitch stream? Can I follow it? <laughs> no, absolutely not. That would require <laughs> he actually is connected to what's happening in the real world. Fair. <laughs> Amazing. Well, we, Misha, we're already running over time, so let's get into the meat <laughs> of the podcast. Um, first, I want to know, hey, Misha, what's your favorite Pokemon? Bulbasaur. Now, if I hold on, let me check my notes. Um, I've been told that Bulbasaur is not actually your favorite podcast, but you're posturing for the masses. Okay, listen, so here's here's actually where I came down about this. You asked me what my favorite Pokemon is, and since Gold version, it has been Umbreon, okay? But as time has gone on, I realized that it's not that I was posturing that I'm just like, because uh, the reason I started loving Bulbasaur was really because of the Bulbasaur fandom on the online. It's very yeah. wholesome. Bulbasaur fandom is so wholesome. And it made, like, as I was thinking about your question, I realized it's not that I was posturing and just trying to front because I want to be part of that community. I am part of that community because I think my favorite Pokemon has changed. So I do think it's Bulbasaur. I'm glad that you're growing like Bulbasaur does. <laughs> That's what he's all about. He's just about, like, trying his best and eventually getting it to the place where you can have personal growth and give back to your community. I like that, and I really appreciate it. Sure. Um, okay, hold on. Let me... I need to just change... Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> no, I just had... I wanted to look up you, my fun fact. I wanted to have a fun fact to give back to you, so let me just look up... Oh. Oh, so you looked up one about Umbreon, huh? Yeah. What was it? Tell me, though. Umbreon has some really wild, like, entries in the Pokemon games, and they all revolve around its poisonous sweat. I also read a bunch of stuff about the poisonous sweat. I did not know Umbreon had poison sweat. I don't really understand, because the whole thing's like, oh, look at this dark Pokemon. It has the rings on its body, like Egyptian death gods. But then it's like, also, when it sweats, it's poison. And sometimes it can aerosolize the sweat. I don't know if you just have that as a defense mechanism in your own body, Eric, but, like, I can't make my poison sweat into a cloud around me so I can run away? That's not a thing I can do. No, I just sweat and get really uncomfortable. (laughs) Yeah, me too. Same, same, same. It doesn't keep any... Well, I guess it does keep other people away, but not in the way that you should. Oh. That wouldn't be sad. I just thought that would be a pretty funny thing to say. (laughs) I'm a 28-year-old man and podcast full-time. My self-esteem is okay. Like, you don't need to feel bad. It also gets so hot in the booth. You can't have air conditioning in recording booths. The, pers- the first person who invents silent air conditioning for recording booths, I will give, well, I don't have that much money because I haven't been working in a couple weeks, but we'll figure <laughs> it out. How many pokey dollars would you give to them? I would give them mm, probably 2,000 pokey dollars. That's a lot of pokey dollars. Like, yeah. That's almost enough to buy an Abra in Saffron City. It's, it's like halfway towards a full restore, I think. 
Keith. Oh, this is amazing. <laughs> oh my god. Okay. Um. All right, wonderful. Well, we're gonna keep all that, so I'm totally fine with that. Sweet. Well, then here's, or, well, here's my next question. When did you decide that Bulbasaur was in fact your favorite? Let's go into this a little bit more. Well, I, th- I mean, today, kind of. <laughs> um, oh, but, exclusive. No, but, <laughs> but uh, I, I mean, when did I start like really repping Bulbasaur? Um, well, last year, year or two ago, I think in the lead up mm. to. Um, not like after Pokemon Go was already a thing. So after 2016, but before Let's Go Eevee and Pikachu came out. So sometime in the last couple of years. And it's just a matter of like, I think it was as like Let's Go was ramping up to come out. Everybody was again like, who's your favorite, Charmander or Squirtle? Which is always the question. Who's your favorite, Charmander or Squirtle? Who's the best starter, Charmander or Squirtle? And Charmander stands go so hard. And Squirtle stands go so hard. And Bulbasaur fans are just like, why can't we all have our favorites and just have a nice time? As someone who argued so hard for Bulbasaur on a podcast and then blatantly disrespected by Brandon Grugel by just... He just, he didn't even acknowledge anything that I said. He was just like, you're going to lose. I'm like, great. Thank which, you. Which one was he supporting? He was the judge and he was Squirtle Gang till he died. Oh, classic Squirtle Gang. I know. What a Squirtle Gang asshole, <laughs> Brandon Grugel. <laughs> <laughs> uh, podcasting is an audio medium. Can you describe what a Bulbasaur looks like to me? Yeah. So a Bulbasaur is like a big old frog with kind of rhino legs little bitty rhino legs and on his back he has a big old uh bulb which looks like a big garlic but it's actually made of green leaves hiding a flower within Mm. and he's got big red eyes and two little tiny fangs what a lad it does if he's got fangs is that that's for tearing right fangs are for tearing canines are for tearing meat and stuff Mm -hmm. does that does that make bulbasaur a carnivorous plant I think so. It's just Bulbasaur and Venus flytraps are the only ones. That's it. <laughs> well, that explains why Bulbasaurs are so sleepy, because I learned that Venus fly pra- Venus flytraps use a lot of energy opening up their mouths. That's and true. And you shouldn't, like, tempt them. Bulbasaur so. does have the power to draw in extra sunlight and then also unleash it in a fiery blast, though. So Exactly. And that's why he's so sleepy, because he's doing all these things to hunt. <laughs> Bulbasaur must recharge. <laughs> uh, okay, well, let's go to the next question. <laughs> hey, do you want to know what inspired your Pokemon? Absolutely, I do. Uh, Bulbasaur is, in fact, based on a frog. Uh, according to the creators of Bulbasaur, uh, they designed Bulbasaur working backwards from Venusaur, meaning that Bulbasaur was actually the last of its evolutionary family to have been designed and also is directly based on Venusaur, which is why Ivysaur looks like such a weird teen. Well, I mean, don't they all look like kind of weird teens? Wartortle's definitely a weird teen. Charmeleon's definitely a weird teen. I feel like out of all of them, Ivysaur felt like the most weird teen. Like, they're, they're, it's more like in Animorphs when you're stuck between human and animal. That's how I always felt about Charmeleon and Wartortle. Hmm. But, like, Ivysaur is like, hey, <laughs> I'm going to go loiter behind the 7-Eleven. <laughs> I definitely get that vibe from Ivysaur. You're right. I mean, it also makes sense that, like, Venusaur is definitely the most frog-looking dude. And then... To get backwards to Bulbasaur, they had to be like, okay, 
how do we take this warty frog thing and make it really cute? I think it's also confusing because the actual name of Bulbasaur is the English of Englishization mm-hmm. of, you know, there's a word for that. <laughs> the <laughs> sure. translation f- from Japanese to English, they just added the sore on the end, but it's not supposed to be a lizard. It is a frog. Um, the name origin of the Japanese one is Fushigi Dane, which is a combination of Fushigi, which means mysterious, and Dane, which means seed. So it mm. literally means, isn't it strange? Which is the, <laughs> the phrase put together. It's like, look at this weird shit. <laughs> isn't this a weird little guy? Look at this lad. He's so weird. He's so strange. <laughs> <laughs> this, that's why part like part of Bulbasaur fandom is also like, what's inside the bulb? Like, what kind of plant is it? Because my favorite part of being in Bulbasaur fandom is like, so many artists are like, this one has a succulent and this one has like seasonal uh flowers and this one has specifically like northern plants or southern plants and seeing all the different like regional and seasonal variations on bulbasaur is so fantastic because anything could be in that little backpack just like anything maybe he has a little snack in there maybe, maybe it's gummy a, bears maybe it's a sunflower and it comes out and in the summer and it's just very vibrant i would love that that sounds great um, actually, that comes to my next one. I have a fun fact for you about Bulbasaur. Everything about Bulbasaur revolves around the weird seed on its back, all of its entries and Pokédexes. It's almost like like the frog part doesn't even matter. It's really just the plant. It's just the actual plant. Um, in the red and blue one, it's like no one really knew what's happening. The red and blue entry was, a strange seed was planted on its back at birth. The plant sprouts and grows with this Pokémon. So you don't even know where the seed comes from, Pokémon! <laughs> Well, so the Pokedex in red and blue was actually super incomplete. Like the way the entries were written are like, this is our best guess, but we're pretty new at this. (laughs) (laughs) There's a couple others that's like, like really the one that gets me is Cubone, right? Because every Cubone is wearing its mother's skull. What if the Marowak has more than one kid who gets it? Right. Like, and then the the other Cubones don't look like that. And how can you even tell they're the same species if they don't have the same face? Right, that was a weird thing, but I think that they do posit that a little bit later, that it's like other Pokemon become different Pokemon, depending on what happens to them. Like, this is a real slow bro getting bit by a shelter, turning into a slow uh, Right, a slow so king. so some, so what? Like, another Pokemon has a kid and then dies, and the kid is sad, and it turns into a Cubone? No, I thought that, like, a Kangaskhan's child could put on the oh i rem- i also remember that rumor from third grade yeah because yeah exactly <laughs> but I, I don't know like i i i don't think they thought about it enough and i think we're thinking about it too much <laughs> what else do i have to do eric you asked me on your pokemon think too much about it podcast that's a good point that's a very good that's a very good point that one's on me uh, <laughs> do you have a fun fact about bulbasaur or was it just cubone uh well i think that my favorite fun fact about bulbasaur is that Um, though it can be prickly to like new peers that it meets, it actually has a really caring nature, which plays into the pun of plants growing in a nursery. It's very nurturing. Uh, If you watch the anime, Bulbasaur is constantly like saving Togepi from walking off ledges and kind of caring for it when the other Pokemon are like trying to figure out solutions to the current problem. Um, Bulbasaur is always kind of taking care of the little ones. Oh, I like that a lot. And finally, my final question to you is, hey, if you and your favorite Pokemon were hanging out in real life and were super good buddies, what would you do together? 
Oh my god, if Bulbasaur and I were good buddies, we'd go on nature hikes and like bring books and comic books and find a good place to camp out in the middle of the hike trail for the afternoon and read books and then come home. Fuck yeah, dude. That sounds great. It's very soothing and it's just me and my Bulbasaur pal. We'll find like, I don't know, nice views because he can vine whip up to canopies and stuff. I don't know. Fuck yeah, dude. Use that vine whip. (laughs) I That's... (laughs) One thing that, like, in the video games, it's just like, vine whip, whoosh, attack. And in the anime, it's like, no, these, it just has some extra arms. You want some extra arms on your Bulbasaur? Here's a vine whip. I was always wishing for that if there was going to be, like, an open world Pokemon RPG. Have you played um, Mystery Dungeon? No. Mystery Dungeon is like, I mean, I, I say it, it's like a JRPG, except that Pokemon is like a JRPG. It centers on the Pokemon, and it's like you build a Final Fantasy party out of different Pokemon friends, and you are a Pokemon, and you go into a dungeon and, like, rescue people. That is cool. That is... I feel like that and the anime give so much more character and life to individual Pokemon, because in the game, it's all just about, like, catch fucking 40 of them. But I guess that makes me feel a little bit like... The real relationship between trainer and Pokemon, I guess I always wanted to explore. It's not like, oh, let's go make some food. It's like, how do your pets help you achieve problems? Like you're a ranger or a beastmaster in Dungeons & Dragons. Sure. Yeah, I I mean, there's a lot of, I mean, you could think very, very hard about the Pokemon world almost too easily and be like, okay, how does the society function? But It's not supposed to be that. It's just supposed to be a little simpler. But I do like that in trying to portray it as a simple world, it's like, yep, and your dog can be, like, people say, you know, your dog is your best friend, but, like, can your dog really give uh, a truly emotionally intelligent response to a complex social problem you're having? Because Pokemon can do that. Exactly. And... And also can spit fire. Right. And all, but also your best friend who helps you with your friendship problems and like makes you believe in the power of friendship can also actually spit fire. Ah, that sounds great. Yeah. And it, well, that makes me think like there are definitely, so trainers definitely are trying to evolve their Pokemon, right? Like if you're setting out to be a Pokemon trainer and you start with a Charmander, you're going to go for Charizard. But Mm. I want to definitely meet the people who are like, no, I desperately do not like, Bulbasaur is peak. Like Charmander is peak. Like I want the small one because they have the most emotional intelligence and like raising them on a diet of fighting all the time to get stronger is maybe not the healthiest. I would like to meet that trainer. I would like to be that trainer, I think. Listen, you know him. His name is Ash Ketchum. It's absolutely true. Ash Ketchum has never evolved a Pokemon on purpose in his life. It's always been on accident because he's a dumb 12-year-old. <laughs> All right, well, now we've come to the end of this podcast, and since this podcast is called uh, What's Your Favorite Pokemon, and then I Say Something Nice About You, we do need to get to the end where I Say Something Nice About You. Oh, that's so nice. <laughs> it's it's the name of the show, Misha. I'm kind of locked in. Okay, th- you know, you did. I, I, <laughs> I'm not doing this out of the kindness of my heart. I have to do it. You it's did set show. up almost like a Chekhov's, and then you say something nice about your guest. <laughs> <laughs> If you see the compliment in the first act, it has to go off in the final act. <laughs> exactly. Uh, Misha, I think that you are a very easy person to be friends with. I think that you have a very fun combination of like being like an iconoclastic person, like being very unique and standing out. But then also you're just like, you're your 
a friendly and you're also there. And I think that a lot of times you think that those two things are separate. But really, when you combine the two, it's just like, look at this cool, strange person who is my very good friend and will tell me all about like deep anime that only came out for like two weeks in the 70s. <laughs> That's so nice. Thank you so much. There you go. I can I can I say nice things about you? <laughs> if you want, I I did this. I the way that this was set up was not to say nice things about me. But if you feel compelled, I'm not going to say no. I just think that like I don't know. You have very strong opinions about a great many things, and I'm just honored <laughs> that like one of those opinions is that I'm nice. So thank you, and I'm honored to be your friend. Aw, thanks, Misha. That was very nice. Yeah. Well, there you go. All right, well, that's another episode of What's Your Favorite Pokemon? And then I say something nice about you. You should just uh, follow us on Twitter because it's a hellscape. Yeah, like it's, <laughs> not, it's not like you can see my face anywhere in public. <laughs> <laughs> no, don't do that. Definitely don't do nope. that. You can, file, you can find me on the Twitter at L underscore Silvero. That's my name if I was a Lucha Libre wrestler. And Misha, just, you can plug yourself or just say a fun fact. Oh, sure. My, well, I'm on Twitter at... Misha, etc. M I S C H A E T C. You can find a lot of my work at MishaStanton.com. Hey, Eric, you should tell me which episodes of Join the Party I was in so I can put them on my website. And <laughs> uh, like, please come talk to me because I get very lonely. <laughs> that sounds great. All right, see you. See you later. And now we trainers. do the whole pokey rap. Ready? Go. No. All right, stop. <laughs> Collaborate and listen. Ice is back with a brand new invention. <laughs> Oh no, that was Ice Ice Baby. I got it confused in my brain. <laughs> Ice Ice Baby is the pokey rap if it's about Articuno. Hey, it's Eric, and I picked up some snacks for games and feelings. It's a persimmon berry, which cures confusion. You should use it. It's important. Once again, Games and Feelings is going to be at PAX Unplugged December 2nd through 4th in Philly. There's going to be Games and Feelings live show on Saturday, December 3rd at 7 p.m. in the Crab God Room. I really hope to see you there. And I also really think if you're going to be in Philly or not, you should still be a part of our Patreon at patreon.com slash gamesandfeelings, just like our newest patron, Nadia. If you want a whole new podcast, The Replay, where Amanda and I replay and reply to advice columnists' advice on games, just alongside this one, you just got to give me $5. That's like a not great iced coffee, but it's still expensive. You, you could just do that once a month and you get all this content. It's going to be wonderful. Shout out again to producer level patron Polly Burridge, who knows all the Pokemon, even those weird later generation ones where they're like items or they're objects at the same time as Pokemon. What? It's like keys, but also a fairy, I guess. I don't know. Shout it again. Patreon.com slash games and feelings. I think you should check out the other shows that are part of the Multitude Collective, and you're really going to like Pale Blue Pod, which is our newest podcast. Pale Blue Pod is an astronomy show for people who are overwhelmed by the universe but want to be its friend. Anyone looking for the newest, best science show out there, get ready for Pale Blue Pod. Astrophysicist Dr. Moya McTeer of Exolore and her wonderful book, the Milky Way, and comedian Corinne Caputo, who is hilarious, but also has some science-y background of her own right, they both demystify space one topic at a time with open eyes, open arms, and open mouths because they're laughing so much and their jaws are dropped by all the things they're learning about space. 
At the end of each episode, the cosmos will feel a little less, ah, too scary, and a lot more, oh, so cool. New episodes every Monday. It's a weekly show right from the jump, wherever you get your podcasts. I want to say this myself. This is what Stark Talk and so many space education pods and YouTube channels wish it was. It's not condescending. It's not pedantic. It's really smart and wants you to learn alongside them because both of them are really, really, really good at what they do. Pale Blue Pod, wherever you get your podcasts. We are sponsored this week by D&T. D&T has immersive teas for your RPG sessions. It's not just music. It's not just a uh, character description. It's not just what your DM does. You can even use tea. D&T is the perfect gift for your DM. Orders of three or more teas come in this really cute gift box that also has a dungeon map on the inside to provide something fun and help save the box from recycling a little bit longer. I want to shout out these flavors, Forest Frolic, Palace Elixir, Underdark and Chill, Elven Bazaar, Tavern Brawl, Shadowfell Slumber. I mean, listen, you want some nerdy tea, you got nerdy tea. D&T makes every day a new quest. Sign up for a subscription and get 15% off at D, the letter, and the word T, the full word for the hot drink, dot com. That's D and T dot com. I want to tell you about a show I think you're going to enjoy that is Play On Podcasts. Epic audio adventures that reimagine Shakespeare's timeless tales, featuring original music compositions and the voices of award-winning actors. Each episode explores the plays of the Bard, from Macbeth to A Midsummer's Night Dream, in a way to understand it to modern ears explicitly created for the podcast form by some of America's most exciting playwrights, directors, and composers. Hear Shakespeare like you've never heard it before. Subscribe to Play On Podcasts wherever you get your podcasts. And I bite my thumb at you, sir. And now, back to the Pokemon. Hello, trainers! It's Pokey time! This is What's Your Favorite Pokemon? And then I say something nice about you. Hashtag Wuffapatasane! A podcast where we all get to think about Pokemon for a little while and then nothing else. I'm Eric Silver, and I like my candies like fucking burnt, man. <laughs> roast it. Put it, <laughs> put it on broil and just roast it. <laughs> and I... <laughs> And I'm here with professional voice actor and uh, all-around ditto, Josh Rubino. Hello, Josh. Hey, how are you? I am a small little smiling slime. That is correct. Yes. <laughs> That's true. I'm so glad you swallowed. <laughs> I'm so glad you swallowed a human so you could communicate with me. That was really nice of you. It's true. I, I use Kirby rules. That's how it works. <laughs> Kirby and ditto are the same, mm -hmm. which is good. <laughs> I'm so glad I'm so glad for that that Kirby and Ditto are the same. Because I like the idea that Kirby's like inherent DNA changes like Ditto does. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, it's better than him just like producing a hat out of something, you know. It's like, oh, this sword, it comes from my body. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, like, I mean, I normally don't want to get hit with a sword, but I want to get hit by a sword made out of Kirby less. <laughs> <laughs> yep, that's um that is some like hentai ass shit that I'm just not ready for. <laughs> you know Body Sword 5? <laughs> <laughs> This is a bad podcast. <laughs> no one should listen to it. Oh, no, I love oh. it. <laughs> so, uh, wow, we're already running out of time. So I think we have to get to the meat of the podcast. 
Uh, hey, Josh, who's your favorite Pokemon? Uh, my favorite Pokemon is Krogunk. Interesting. Yes. Uh, he's a poison type, which is always the best. I love poison types. And he's like a two foot tall little frogman. Um, which the concept of having like one of those like walk around with me is great. And he mm. also he looks like a Pokemon that I could like exchange a knowing look with, which I really enjoy. Yeah, he definitely has like one of the most humanoid faces. I think the most articulated faces out of a lot of the Pokemon, not in an uncanny way, like Mr. Mime. It's like what we always hope from Pokemon is like they are animals, but they also have human intelligence. Yeah, he looks like a Pokemon that I could plan a heist with, and that's very important to me. Okay, so, <laughs> all right, pause. What? <laughs> I don't know who else is doing this heist with you. So who are you in the heist and who is Krogunk in the heist? Okay, so I, I feel like I would have to be the Danny Ocean of this thing. Sure, sure. And he would therefore be my Brad Pitt. He's always just sort of eating and then like somebody will say something and then Krogunk and I will look at each other and then he'll maybe like eat a berry or a candy or something and I'll quip. And that's <laughs> that's where we're at. <laughs> That's very good. Amanda and I are watching as many heist movies as we can. So we just watched Oceans 11, 12, and 13. So I feel that in my bones so hard right now. Yeah, right? Those are those are great. <laughs> um, it's like, why... <laughs> It's like you say, it's like, we're going to Las Vegas. And then everyone's like, why are we going to Las Vegas? And then Krogunk looks at you and you're like... I don't want to talk about it. And then you walk out of the room. Yeah, exactly. And then, like, we're going to Vegas. And then why? And then I look at Krogunk and he, like, inflates those, like, cheek pouches that he's got. And then that's the end of the scene. And then Bernie Mac's like, I'm not going to no Vegas. Cut to Bernie Mac in Vegas. And <laughs> you're going to need 10 Pokemon. Okay. <laughs> we're going to need 10 Pokemon and Julia Roberts to pull this off. Yep. There we go. <laughs> That would be a much better plot for Ocean's 12, truly. I feel like more movies would be improved by just adding a bunch of Pokemon to it. That's like the, there was a Twitter joke that was going around a little while ago that was like, take a movie and make everyone except for one character Muppets. What would be the best movie? But I feel like this is even better if you changed all of them to Pokemon. Oh yeah, absolutely. Uh, what's another good one that will work with Pokemon? Um, Let me think. Uh, there will be blood. Would be great. You Except could have just Daniel Day Lewis is is a person. No, no, Daniel Day Lewis is a Doug trio, oh. and <laughs> <laughs> and then everyone else is a person. Oh, that's good. I like the I like the inversion of that. Yeah, I also like that one. If it's Paul Dano is a human, but everyone else is a Pokemon. Also good. Yes. So it's just a Doug trio like running at him at a bowling alley. <laughs> <laughs> Dog trio! And there you go. That's the end. Dad, no, no, dad, no! <laughs> Dog trail. <laughs> that's very good. <laughs> oh my god. Um, all right. <laughs> so, fucking stupid. So, uh, ordinarily, I would ask, uh, when did you decide this is your favorite? But I'm going to amend this and say, you're the first person on this podcast to recommend a Pokemon that is not Generation 1. We did have an Alolan version of Vulpix, but everyone else did take a a Generation 1 Pokemon. So how do you respond? Well, I will say, first off, I am Kanto trash until I die. Um, my first Pokemon game was Pokemon Blue. But uh, 
You know, uh, as much as I love them, the best poison types that we've got in those games are the Nido King and Nido Queen. And while they're great, they just don't hold a candle to my awesome little frog poison type. Mm. So then here's my question, because it's not Generation 1, and I think Krogunk is like black and white when it was first introduced. Yeah. <laughs> so when did you fall in love with Krogunk? Well, I went from Pokemon Blue to uh, black and white and then Sword and Shield. Ah. Mm. Honestly, it was love at first sight when I saw that frog. I was like, yes, I am going. I, I wish I could start with him. That would be an interesting facilitation is like you can start with any Pokemon that's like common, quote unquote common, mm -hmm. but they have to start at like level four or level five. Yeah, I would definitely play that game with Krogunk and then it would evolve once and that would be it. I wouldn't have to be put through the evolutionary turmoil of that weird middle phase that all of the starters go through. Mm. I just immediately get Toxicroak, which is awesome. I always say for all of the starters that the middle tier is their, like, weird teenage phase. But Krogunk already looks like he's, like, doing whippets behind a 7-Eleven. <laughs> so... <laughs> Mine certainly is. Uh <laughs> <laughs> Krogunk, stop doing whippets. We have to do a gym battle. <laughs> no, we've got our gym battles, but then he's got his off time, you know? <laughs> I like how you're partners with your Krogunk. Yeah. <laughs> That's great. I love that. You already started this, but since this is a podcast and not a video podcast, which doesn't exist uh, yet, <laughs> can you describe to the audience what a Krogunk looks like? Um, so they're like about a two foot tall frog that stands on two legs. And it's not like a lizard frog like um, Bulbasaur. It's more like a cartoony, like it airs on the side of Kermit sort of frog. And it also kind of looks like like a 1930s caricature of a robber because it's got oh yeah it's got like a black and white stripe across its tummy and its eyes have sort of like a black ring around it and it has this like very almost sarcastic smile on its face all the time and on its hands it has three fingers Two the like outer ones are black and the middle fingers are orange and that is where poison comes from on it. Yes, we are definitely gonna get get to that later because I, I need to talk about that. I think we have the same fun fact because it's so outlandish and I <laughs> I prepare a bunch of fun facts, but I always find like there's always one outstanding one that is like, hey game freak, why did you do this? Yeah. Did you uh did you go with the pharmaceutical one? I do have that one prepared. Yes, yes. yeah, that's my favorite. That's what we in the business call a tease. <laughs> All right. Hey, Josh, do you want to know what inspired your Pokemon? Oh, yes, please. So this one is unfortunately the least interesting one out of all the ones that I came up with. Uh, Krogunk may have been based on the poison dart frog because it's a poison frog that is colorful. Meh. Yeah. Um, the name origins are kind of silly, though. Uh, Krogunk is probably a combination of croak and gunk. Duh. Mm -hmm. um, but the other languages are actually really funny. The Japanese version, the Japanese name for Krogunk is Guereguru, uh, which may be a combination of two repeating words in Japanese, which is Karo Karo, which is how frogs croak in Japanese, mm -hmm. and Gero Gero, which means disgusting. <laughs> <laughs> well, that works because apparently their croaking sounds are very disarming and upset people. <laughs> Nasty croak. Yeah. 
I also love it in Mandarin. The Mandarin versions of Pokemon names are my favorite because they never like translate really well to English because it's like a totally different type of language. But um, <laughs> in Mandarin, it's Buliangwa, which literally means bad frog. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yes. Okay. I love that, though. I want bad frog to be my Pokemon partner. Bad frog is definitely your heist partner, like a hundred percent. Oh, yeah. It's- <laughs> He's like, hey, I don't go anywhere without Bad Frog by my side. (laughs) Bad Frog is definitely a criminal that leaves a calling card. (laughs) You've just been burgled by Bad Frog. (laughs) It's just one of those little plastic frogs that you get at like a Dave and Buster's for four tickets. Perfect. Yeah. (laughs) And then it flips and explodes. (laughs) Oh, good, Josh. I'm so glad you're having fun with this. This is very fun for me. <laughs> yeah, this is great. I'm making great jokes about Pokemon to Josh. This is so nice. Uh, <laughs> okay, so let's talk about the fun fact. Hit us with this medicinal fun fact. Okay, so my favorite fun fact about the Krogunk is that while it is very poisonous, the toxins that it excrete are apparently an ingredient in a drug that eases lower back pain. So stupid. (laughs) (laughs) But, like, that's great. Like, not only can I train it to fight and, you know, I can be a good trainer that way, but also, like, if I need some of that pee money or poke money or whatever it's called, (laughs) they've never said, uh, (laughs) then I can just, like, you know... Sell out to Big Pharma. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Just in case you didn't do this, I looked into the progression of all these entries about Krogunk. So in Platinum, which was the Diamond and Pearl, like Synthesis one, it just says that it's popular as a mascot. And I'm Mm -hmm. like, huh, Japanese culture has that tradition of like lots of things having mascots, like prefects and businesses and stuff like that. So I'm like, okay, that's kind of cool. Like, I get it. It has a funny face. It's colorful, whatever. And then the Heart Gold and Soul Silver one came out, and that's directly the Pokemon entry that you were talking about. We're now adding to the lore that it is used for back pain. But then S.H.I.E.L.D. just pulls it all together and says, its poison becomes medicinal. The Pokemon came into popularity after a pharmaceutical company chose it as a mascot. And I'm like, Game Freak, you can't just spend games thinking about the lore. You have to (laughs) stick with something. (laughs) Uh, No, I, I like it. I definitely want, like... Tylenol's mascot to be this little frog that is poisonous. (laughs) It does look creepy, though. Oh, yeah. Like, it it has that, like, the, and I think it's from the eye black. It has that very, like, costumed look, which is scary for medicine. It doesn't not look sinister. But if you think about it, that is great for, (laughs) like, a pain medication. Like, it's like, oh, it's a cute little frog. But if I keep it sticking around, could be bad. So <laughs> I think it's like a really deep pharma mascot right there. A little bit of poison is good for you. A lot of poison is bad for you. Krogunk. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't like the amount of influence that a pharmaceutical company has on like popular culture. Mm. Yeah, that is a little troubling. <laughs> Don't you love this new show all about Advil? (laughs) It's almost like a Joe Camel sort of scenario. 
but that's bad. Yeah, I know. <laughs> that's literally bad. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> it's not great, but I mean, I still kind of like him because of this. <laughs> no, it's like the pokey entries, like the pokey yeah. is so divorced from how we interact with Pokemon. That's why I always feel like, hey, can you not like ruin my buzz, Game Freak? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, all of the ones for the ghost types are either depressing or terrifying. Oh, yeah. The one with the the balloon one, I can't remember the name of the Pokemon. You know the balloon one with, like, the X on the face? Oh, yeah. Driftblum, I think? Yeah, it's like, children will grab this Pokemon and it will float it away and it'll be never seen again. I'm like, did you really need to tell me that? (laughs) Great, excellent. You saw it. That's wonderful. (laughs) (laughs) I just want this job because I can just make up wild shit whenever I want. I'm like, yeah. No one really likes Magmar because it burns all the marshmallows. Like, everyone knows that. Yeah. (laughs) Do any of the Pokedex entries explain why it has, like, a butt for a face? Magmar? Yeah. It's got a butt face. (laughs) (laughs) You know, I haven't looked into it, but I don't think the Pokedex entries have looked into that. (laughs) You know what? I think I'm going to do some independent research on this one. Please, come back. Come back and tell me about why Magmar has a butt face, please. (laughs) Stupid. Here's my fun fact. In the anime, Brock caught a crow gunk in the Diamond and Pearl anime series. Uh, the episode was the premise of the episode where he caught the crow gunk was Team Rocket pretended to be a gym. <laughs> and like and Jesse was Princess Power Zone, who was the leader of the gym and had a crow gunk. Okay. But then after they beat the Krogunk, like, all the Pokemon didn't know what to do. So Brock was like, hey, Krogunk, do you want to be in my team? And Krogunk's like, yes, I was <laughs> I was part of a racket. First off, I have to see that episode. And second, I don't appreciate them stealing my name, Princess Power Zone. That was TM, trademarked TM, TM. by me. <laughs> exactly. Uh, but the funny thing about Krogunk is Krogunk then stays around as, like, Brock's main Pokemon throughout the Diamond and Pearl series. So, as we know about Brock in the anime, he loves women a lot. Mm-hmm. He's like a wife guy without a wife. Um, but uh, the Krogunk then, so going from, like, your personification of Krogunk, Krogunk then pulls Brock away when he is being creepy to women. Oh, he's, like, the Sylvester Jr. sort of scenario? Yeah, like, he, and he since he's taking over for the joke that Misty had done, like, all the way back there, I think that's very funny from the anime people. Yeah, I like that. Josh, I have a very important question for you. Mm-hmm. If you and your favorite Pokemon were in real life and super good buddies, what would you do together? Oh, okay, so do we want different from heists? Because I did already say heist, but... <laughs> heist? We have heist, but what's a different thing? Okay, so I've thought about, like, what kind of a gym I would have, and I think this applies, because I would definitely poison type all the way, but what sort of gym would be a poison type gym? It's a bar. Because, oh. So we're making antidotes, we're fermenting things, you know, that sort of thing. Krogunk definitely tends bar at my gym. That's very good. Right? Yeah. I like that. And then, like, all the other bartenders are the trainers you need to go through to get to you. Exactly, yeah. And it's great uh, because none of the kids can come in to challenge me and beat me because, you know, they're all 10 and it's a bar. So (laughs) it's like, all right, you can do like seven out of the eight, but when you turn 21, then you need to go in there. (laughs) 
and my badge is just like a little martini glass, but with like um, a toothpick and like a little pokeball on there instead of an olive. Ooh, I like that. Right. Well, Josh, I want to have you on because you are very good at doing different voices. Oh, thank you. That is not the nice thing that I'm going to say later. This is more of a oh, fact okay. <laughs> as shown by something we're going to do. Uh-huh. I did come up with some gym leaders that I wanted you to do some voices for. Oh, okay. All right. <laughs> so now that we're exploring different parts of the world, I'm hoping that the next Pokemon game does something in the United States. Mm-hmm. So I have some names and types of gym leaders, and I would love for you to just like pull into your bag of USA accents and like give me some in return here. Oh, okay. Let's do this. I'm ready. We'll start with fighting. Oh, man. It's Punches Darby, the fighting gym leader. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, you gotta give me a second. Okay. Punches Darby. Punches Darby. Oh. Prepare yourself. The names will be like that. (laughs) Punches Darby. Okay. I feel like Punches Darby. uh, Okay. I think this is like a Southern guy. Yeah. Like, just do whatever you want. Don't necessarily feel like you have to go off the names because the names were just like dumb things that I came up with. This is like the localization team is trying to figure something out from the Japanese anime. Oh, yeah. No, no, no. This guy's got like a giant hat. He looks like Doug Dimmodome. And he's just, well, hey there, Ash. It's time (laughs) for you to put up your dukes. (laughs) Oh, this whole podcast is worth it for this situation. (laughs) Oh, fuck. Okay, let's do fire. Oh, wow. I got to go up against Hot Hot Jones, the fire type leader. (laughs) I told you all the names would be like this. I know, and I'm never going to be prepared for them. Um, That's right. I'm Hot Hot Jones, and I'm here to serve you up the spiciest kielbasa of a battle you've ever encountered. Oh, fuck. I wasn't ready for him to be from Pittsburgh. <laughs> no one is. No one's ready for Hot Hot Jones. <laughs> Yin's ready to fight? <laughs> oh, in his hot could, pants. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> I could do this forever, but let's just do one more. Um, in the sky. Is that a bird or a plane? No, it's Eleanor Yaw. <laughs> this is a fi- uh, the flying type. All right, everyone. Wings up. <laughs> I like that. That one, Eleanor Yaw is 100% a drag queen. That's very good. Oh, yeah. (laughs) That's very good. Oh, Josh, thank you so much for that. (laughs) Oh, man. Well, I indulged myself too much, and we are fully running out of time. So now I got to go to the final part of the show where I say something nice about you. Oh, I wasn't prepared for this either. I know it's a part of the show, but... I wasn't prepared. <laughs> That's fine. That's definitely fine. Um, out of all the people that I've had on this so far, I've had uh, a lot of people that I see all the time, a lot of like my longtime friends, but I think that you're definitely the person who I know the least or I've uh, known the soonest. It's cool having you around. Like I really wanted to just reach out and do this because I thought that we would have a lot of fun together. And I do think you're very talented, which is also part of the reason why I reached out. But yeah, I just think it's a very cool thing to like have a thing that you're good at and then trying really hard to do that as much as possible. And I appreciate that that about you. And I also like that you live in Bushwick, even though I don't live there anymore. I'm like, oh, good. Josh is still there going to like a booby trap when I'm not there, (laughs) (laughs) which is a which is a boob themed bar for everybody who doesn't know about it. I'm going to have to check that out at some point. Oh, it's very good. There are like there's just boobs everywhere. It's very good. Oh, neat. 
<laughs> but like in a cool way, not in a gross way. Yeah, I figured it wouldn't be like weird. It'd be more like, oh, you know? <laughs> yeah, it's like I'm at a bar and like, look at all these boobs. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> well, thank you very much. <laughs> Thanks for having me on here. No problem. Well, that's all the time that we have. Uh, I'm just kind of doing this for fun while things are weird. So you can just listen to all of my other shows to join the party and next stop and horse. And you can follow me on Twitter at EL underscore Silvero. That's silver with an O. That's my name if I was a Lucha Libre wrestler. Uh, and Josh, what would you like to plug? Um, well, you can follow me on Twitter at, at Prof Coppermain. Definitely listen to Valence that's out there, as well as Caravan and Windfall are three shows that I'm in right now, in addition to Next Stop. So keep an ear out for that one when that one hits. I don't think it's a spoiler. Josh did in episode three. I just listened to Brandon just sent out like a first draft of it. And I was like, oh, that's right. Josh is both of these characters. <laughs> There's just a part. Your part just has like a very performative part. And then like a, hey, buddy, like, can you just like fucking chill out part? And the fact that you did both so differently, it's just you're a very talented. <laughs> Thank you. All right. Well, as we say in my hometown, I choose you. Friendship. Use Blizzard. <laughs> I got it from a TM from the Ice Type trailer. Oh, okay. You know. All right. I, I wasn't sure if we were doing a Wonder Twins thing and I was supposed to make like a shape. Um, I mean, you can. Oh, okay. Um, you know what? We'll just go with a ice bucket. That's always That's nice. Good. Yeah. My favorite one actually comes from Scrubs where JD says, Ice Menorah. Of, <laughs> an ice menorah. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Okay, I won't lie. That's what I had in my head, but <laughs> I was like, we can both be ice menorahs. Yeah, That's we'll just fine. Be ice menorahs. There we go. Games and Feelings is produced by Eric Silver and edited and mixed by Misha Stanley. The theme music is Return to French Toast Castle by Jeff Bryce, and the art was created by Jessica Boyd. Find transcripts for this episode and all episodes at our website, gamesandfeelings.com. Until next time, press X to enjoy the podcast.